the years, marketers have been analyzing the different generations, baby boomers, Gen X, millennials. And recently we have seen there's a red thread among all of them, speed. They all want everything to happen now. My name is Francisco Serrano, and I am the Chief Speed Officer at One to One and the host of the Now Gen podcast. Join me. Each episode, we talk about what's happening with brands, see how brand professionals across different industries cope with this fast-changing market, and live up to the expectation of this now generation. Welcome. This episode is brought to you by One to One, the fastest day-to-day design and content studio. For more than 17 years, One to One has been their premier partner for many Fortune 500 companies proving that tight deadlines shouldn't be a hassle. Hello, and welcome to the Now Gen Podcast. This is another interesting episode, and uh, today I have a very interesting guest. Her name is Janet Oak. She is a Chief Brand Officer at Eastside Distilling. You know, Janet has a lot of background as far as connecting with the consumer, at different points, different touch points. And uh, this conversation is going to be understanding how the craft market and the liquor and the beer industry is influencing the now generation. So I would like to welcome Janet to the show. Hello, Janet. How are you? Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for accepting this invitation and talking to us about this wonderful uh, experience, which is the journey of uh, the instant gratification market. So before we get into topic, uh, tell us a little bit about you and where you're at, about a little bit about Eastside uh, brands. Okay, great. Yeah, so I started my career as a trend hunter and ethnographer, immersing in the youth market and skate parks and video game arcades. I became known as an expert actually in youth culture And um, I started up the Kids and Family Center of Excellence at Ipsos, which is the third largest market research company in the world. Uh, I then transitioned to lead research and analytics for some of the top social media, streaming, platform, and entertainment companies. And most recently, I took the leap to a pure play marketing role as the chief brand officer for a public craft distillery in Portland, Oregon called Eastside Distilling. We have uh, two divisions, craft um, canning and craft spirits. Uh, and I can talk about some of our brands if that's of interest. Yes, yes, of course. I saw I was, you know, peeking in your website and as we invite different exciting brands into the show. Um, I saw that you have a tequila brand right there. And, and given our background, you know, I'm from Guadalajara, very mm-hmm. close to the tequila town. And also you have all different sorts of, uh, what did you tell us about that? Absolutely. So we have a brand called Azunia Tequila, which is a single estate grown organic tequila. It's one of the very few that are actually organic. And we have four different uh, products under that um, award winning products. Um, quite tasty. We also have a four times distilled potato vodka called Portland Potato Vodka. We have um, a line of Burnside whiskeys, which are uniquely um, aged in Oregon oak barrels, the only whiskey that is aged in Oregon oak. We have, lastly, a fair trade single origin coffee rum from Guatemala. Wow. 
coffee rum from so is that when when i when i hear the products and the brands that you have i i see innovation at its best right i see you know organic tequila uh, coffee uh, rum is is that a thing why 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 all this sophistication well because we know that the uh, the market is um, crowded and so we need to do things to stand out to find white space opportunities but we also know that consumers are um, demanding unique experiences and unique products that they can't get anywhere else um, we also are based in Portland Oregon which is a very unique place and um, and we are products embody the spirit of that place oh tell me more what why what do you mean so uh, we did uh, quite a bit of work around what makes Portland Oregon unique because really that is where we were were, were grown and that's where we are and um, and we um, landed on the idea that actually Portland is um, unapologetically original. And so that is the way that we think about all of our products and brands that they may um, hearken back to the spirit of Portland, Oregon, and that they are all embody the spirit of being unapologetically original. Okay. Okay. Um, that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Talking about original, I, I am, I am a, I'm a moderate drinker. I have to say it's not just that I do a lot of that, but I do like that. And, uh, um, And I've seen there's a lot of, you know, the craft, the craft world has obviously invaded the beer market. And I don't know how much has does, uh, how much has influenced to, to jump into the liquor. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I have some facts that might be of interest, but the IWSR has said that the craft spirits experienced volume growth of 8% in 2020 and regular non-craft spirits only grew 5%. So um, we can see that the craft segment is growing quite significantly. And then we also see that value share is expected to reach double digits by 2024 of craft spirits. Um, so we craft spirits have overtaken even spirits and then, um, If we are interested in talking about additional innovation, we are innovating in the RTD segment, which is even more explosive. In fact, RTDs are predicted to grow faster than the overall spirits category or to become larger, actually, than the overall spirits category. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry, what is RTD? I'm sorry, the ready to drink. So the um, the canned um, cocktails that are made oh. spirits. Oh, yeah, I have a teenager. For sure. I know. I know that they're growing and not we a teenager. Sorry, sorry. We only market to 21 plus. 21 plus. Sorry. Yes. She's not a teenager anymore. Uh, no, but I, I've seen that a lot of, you know, this people, college students or early, you know, early workers at the uh, companies, they, they go out and that's just what they, they drink. And, and, and uh, is this like, does this have to do with the, with the, with the generation that we're talking, we were talking offline, you and I about the, you know, people want instant gratification. Is, is that have, does that have any relationship, you know, looking for craft and looking for, I want to satisfy now. Is that related in a way? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and especially during uh, the uh, pandemic um, when the bars were closed and um, consumers needed drinks that were convenient 
um, a drink that's pre-made in a can is, is highly convenient. And that's what drove that trend. But now spirits based ready to drinks are overtaking sort of those malt based um, ready to drinks. So people want the full spirit experience in a can. And so um, interesting, you talk about sort of this personalization um, because Eastside, our craft canning division, we do um, canning for actually local breweries, wineries, cideries, and, and also oh. for, for our own spirits. And we've just purchased um, a, a major, a digital printer uh, from a German company. There's only actually 10 in the world and we're the only one on the West Coast. And what's interesting about a digital printer is that you can customize every single can. So, um, you know, we're sponsors of the Portland Trailblazers. We could actually create a can specific to the Lakers game next Wednesday. So wow. it's, uh, it's a really exciting innovation. And what's even more exciting is that um, with regular cans, they actually aren't recyclable because of the label, the adhesive label. Yeah. Because these are digitally printed, these things can actually go right into the recycling. Um, so they're, they're highly sustainable. Okay, sustainable, like it. Cost-wise, is it is it too 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 high? Because I've heard in the past that you know that uh, Miller is going to do a special you know Super Bowl drink for the winner, and they don't know if they're going to be the winner. You know the 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 team that they are supporting or whatever, and they do just a badge for some specific event. Um, And, and, but the company pays for that because of branding reasons and, you know, positioning their brand. In this case, you were doing it to, to sell the, the product, I assume, or it's not just for uh, branding or supporting marketing purposes for brands. It's, it's so, really to, to make the consumer sell or, or no. So just a regular adhesive label that's printed, it takes six to eight weeks just to print that. And then it has to be put onto the can. So the, the time that that takes, and it's highly expensive for those materials. Um, and so with a digital printer, you can actually change out the design like on the spot. And as I said, you can have a separate design for every single can. It's much less expensive. The time to make something is immediate. There isn't a six week lag time. Um, and there's less waste of the ink. There's less waste of uh, cans that are printed incorrectly or, or the labels put on incorrectly. So it's actually faster for people. It's less expensive for people. And as I said, it's more environmentally friendly than, uh, than the way that it's currently being done. And as you said, it ties directly into the personalization trend, which is I want a can that has my name on it or my team on it or my, uh, you know, my city on it or, or however, you know, so choose yeah. to come. I, I even, uh, did, did I, you guys did something with Frito, with Pepsi, right? With Frito-Lay or with something like that. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did? Sure, we, uh, we partnered with Lay's um, Potato Chips and uh, they sent us their proprietary potatoes and we distilled uh, potato vodka in our own uh, distillery and um, we mixed it with our Portland potato vodka and we created an incredibly delicious and very tasty uh, Lay's Potato Vodka made by Eastside Distilling and we put it for sale and it sold out in just over two hours. And um, We had over a billion uh, impressions with um, just, you know, different um, social media posts and editorial posts and just got a lot of attention in a very short period of time. So it was a very exciting uh, innovation for both them and for us. And 
now they have a, a couple hundred of our bottles they're taking to the super bowl for some of their top retail customers. wow that's exciting yeah. well, kudos on that yeah congratulations exactly. Jenny. it's not it's not an easy thing to be on the super bowl right i mean <laughs> well in their suites at the super bowl in the in the um, frito-lay suites but that's anyway you're okay. there i mean you i'm sure you're going to take advantage of that in your social media for sure but uh this personalization has has um, push your marketing tools to to ecom, or it's just the same. How what how does the ecom world, digital world, engages with you and this personalization to make it more, you know, agile to deliver experiences to consumers. Yeah, so we um, we have quite a few sort of brand experiences that were um, that are underway, and we're, we're really excited about it. One of them is a partnership with American Forests because, as I said, that our whiskey is aged in Oregon oak, which is a tree that's threatened. Actually, it only grows in Oregon, down to sort of the Northern California. And so we we donated ten thousand dollars to American Forests so they can plant five thousand Oregon oak trees, um, and we're going to be doing some live sort of tree plantings with with uh, with our consumers. I don't know if you saw the bush beer did a, a pop-up in the forest. So, you know, we're, we're hoping to do these kinds of uh, tree plantings and pop-ups, but then people would sort of um, get to personalize those trees that they planted. Um, and and the products then would be personalized for those plantings as well. So the, the cans, for example, um, you know, might say something about, you know, I planted a tree in the Willamette Valley for example, an Oregon oak tree. Wow. Wow. Well, I remember we, we did something with, uh, with Ferrero and the Nutella brand, you know, you could put your name and personalize it and, uh, and you have your Nutella jar and it had your name, right. Or Coke. I remember that Coke did it too, right. With well, the share with uh, campaign, right. You share with an alumni, share with, and then all the names on it. Yeah. 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 So that, that again, it's a uh, personalization, but, and, and do you feel that um, the liquor market it's, it's um, so let me put it this way. Do you think that e-com has helped the liquor, mar liquor market or no, or you, you, What's you know, so all the age restrictions and, you know, shipping in different states. And does that represent a challenge for you guys? So direct to consumer has grown quite significantly in the, in the spirits business, but e-commerce is quite challenging because it is a three-tier distribution system. We still need to go through, um, you know, state registration. We still have to go through a distributor. We have to go through a retailer before it even gets to the customer. So while we do have products for sale at eastshop.eastsidedistilling.com, um, it's it's invisible to the consumer, but it's still it's going to take a little while because it's got to go to the distributor, to the retailer, and then ship to the you know to the customer. So um, it's it, it's a little more challenging than just selling a regular uh, uh, you know good. As you, as you okay, know. and and what about retail? Uh, I know that some, a lot of retailers, this retailer brands that, that are being threatened by e-commerce and they want you to go back and have that experience, you know, physically, uh, face to face. Uh, are you guys doing something different in order to make sure that that, that it's uh, a different experience pre-COVID than post-COVID? 
Yeah, so um, one of the other things that we're sponsoring in Oregon is uh, the Hood to Coast, which is a 197-mile relay race from Mount Hood to the coast. Um, we're a gold sponsor and a sustainability sponsor, but they have um, races all during the year where we do sampling and we engage local um, bars and restaurants and retailers um, to carry our products so that people after the race can enjoy a delicious beverage. Um, and wow. to do, or, uh, as I said, we're also a sustainability sponsor. We're planning to do a big beach cleanup at the end when they end up on the coast. There's lots of trash that gets, uh, you know, built up with people coming off the race and people watch the race, you know, there's bibs and whatever that people drop. And so after we do sampling, we're going to hold a major beach cleanup. And uh, for every bag of trash that's handed in, you know, we'll give out some kind of a token so they can go enjoy one of our beverages. Oh, so uh, I see that you guys are, are pretty big into sustainability and to, you know, loyalty to, to what your roots are, et cetera, right? So yep. uh, is, is that something you feel that it's a trend in, in your industry or you're just trying to be, like you were saying, different? Well, I mean, as you said, this is a generation that's very fickle. They're on to the next thing, you know, first everything, you know, it's explosive growth and then they're on to the next thing. So um, the way that um, we see building loyalty with consumers is to build them on shared values. We know that this generation votes with their dollars. They stay away from companies that don't support the things they believe in and they give financial, um, you know, in, in the form of spend uh, rewards to companies that do support the things that they care about. And so that's why things like um, sustainability are really important. It's, it's a value that, that we know people care about. And it's something that we're very passionate about. I personally am very passionate. I've spent a lot of, uh, of time, um, you know, thinking about how we can spend corporate dollars to make the world a better place um, and also show returns and drive business results. And that's, um, that's something that I'm, that I'm just personally passionate about. But again, I think consumers um, not only buy products from companies that have the same values as them, but they also work for companies that have the same shared values. And so that's, that's the way that we think about building loyalty. Wow. Completely concur. I even, you know, I even wrote a book. It's called Branding. Branding is, uh, from my perspective, is taking branding to the next level. And that is not just focusing on the pretty website, but put your brand at the center of it all with, you know, your values and make sure that everybody is aligned. Community, um, the consumer, your employees, your partners, you know, everybody like what you're saying. So it's interesting, right? Uh, that, that we are even connected to that level also marketers, because I mean, I don't know, I don't know, Janet, but uh, as marketers, we have a challenge of, of honesty and transparency and, and just trying to, to reflect to the consumer what, who, we, who we really are. You, you've seen all this uh, honest marketing pieces from Dove and, and from you know, Target now is starting to put real people behind all the advertising, right? Not just what people want to hear. So it's just like, okay, let's be honest and this is what we are. And if you like it, that's great. And if not, go look for somebody or some brand that you might like, right? So, and, uh, and the trend that, that, that we are seeing 
as well as you, is, is to meet that uh, constantly changing demand of, uh, of instant gratification. And, and that, to, to a level, is very, very complicated as a, as a marketer, but, uh, but is also interesting to, to, uh, to follow. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a leader and as an expert in your field, uh, given the fact that uh, there's a lot of brand managers and people that are marketing managers that are working in the industry, what would you say to them right now with all your experience of, of being, all, all your background, how would they confront this, you know, this changing and instant gratification generation? What would you say to them? One takeaway that they can you know, take with them today and they can start using with their small or big brands? Yeah, that's a really good question because I do mentor quite a bit. Um, what would I say to them? I, I mean, again, I would say what I just said, which is build, be authentic is what you just said. I mean, I think that's the right word, right? Be authentic because people can see through it and, you know, don't cause slap, which is, you know, or greenwash is what people call it, you know, like really authentically, commit to the causes that you care about and make sure that those causes are aligned with the single most important thing you want to say about your brand. I mean, make sure there's no disconnects. Like that's, that's the most important thing that everything is, is, is aligned and, and credible and, and done in an authentic way. Um, that's what I would say. Build, build authentic relationships based on truths. Okay. Yeah. It, it matches completely with, Uh, because if you try, just supporting what you're saying, if you try to keep everybody happy and, and give every, everybody what they're looking for and you are not really aligned to that, that's going to, uh, in the long run, is going to become a problem for you and for the brand and, and, and the consumer because it's going to be a disconnect. Like, well, we, we used to say in the advertising business, you know, if you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to nobody. <laughs> something to, something to that effect yeah and and in the corporate world i don't know if that applies to your company but in the corporate world this trying to please not only externally but internally does make a, a huge challenge because you know you want to work within the constraints of internal policies but also outside you know it's the right thing to do so being out there and you know uh for me it's amazing that you're You, you know, you're uh, aging your products in, in, a, in, 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 in a product that comes from, from a town that you're, that is, that is just, it, you can tell stories about that all day. And that can generate a lot of loyalty that can lead to, to something big, right? Uh, so, okay. So, well, before we closed out this interview, is there anything else you want to say Or uh, you want to you want to tell us? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't have any closing thoughts other than thank you for having me. I appreciate it, and I hope that what I said was useful. But um, certainly, you know, circle back if you have any questions or follow ups, or if any any of your listeners um, have any questions, I'm I'm you know I'm available. Perfect. Where they can reach you in in LinkedIn, or where's the best way that they can reach out? Sure. To? They can link, reach me on LinkedIn or Janet at eastsidedistilling.com. Send me an email. Okay, great. So LinkedIn, as always, is a professional network to connect. 
that's good excellent so before we go we come to a fun segment of this show and we you know we want to play with brands here and there and and want to know what professional branders of in your industry uh think of other brands right so uh if i would ask you which which two brands that come to your mind right now related to breakfast why they come to your mind and uh and and yeah just share with us your your impressions of breakfast general not can be juice can be a cereal can be muffins can be you know top of mind and why wow um celsius is the first thing that came to my mind because that's what i have for breakfast there you go tell me a brand that you normally Yeah, so I really like Celsius. It's delicious and it's um it's got a lot of health benefits and I love the caffeine and um you know, it's a breakfast energy drink. I take I drink it before I go to the gym and before I eat anything. I love it and I think their social media marketing is, is brilliant and um that's a brand that, that I admire and I'm, we're hoping to partner with them actually in one of the uh, sponsorships that we're doing. No, really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, my son, he's in college and he loves that before going to gym. Yeah. Uh, I, I I wish I can say that I go to the gym, but <laughs> I have to be more disciplined at that. Okay. So Celsius. Any other one that comes to mind, Janet? That's a um I also I'm also a big tea drinker. So I drink a lot of tea. So Tazo tea is my uh is my go-to chai tea. Oh, and, chai tea. Okay. Yeah, I like again, I guess I just like that energy boost in the morning. I'm a morning person, but I like to, you know, really power my mornings with caffeine and <laughs> that's good. I mean, to turn to turn the lights on and say, come on, I'm ready for you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Well, okay. Well, thank you very much, Jeanette. Um uh we're wrapping this that one out. So uh we've been talking to Janet Oak, Chief Brand Officer at Eastside Distilling. Where can people reach out to you? We already saw that is in LinkedIn. And uh, uh, thank you so much for your time, for your teachings. And uh, we'll be in touch in the future because normally we would have more, uh, a, a second row of, of our guests coming with a different topic that, that I will let you know when that is the time. And, uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for participating here with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Excellent. So, no, thank you. Excellent. If you want to learn more about the most relevant relevant power brands in the industry, please do not forget to connect with the Now Gen podcast and stay tuned for the next episode.